0: We're back in the new year, Justin Makovich. You got married. I did. Congratulations! Thank you. First of all, thank you. I wish I was invited to the wedding. Oh, you
1: were. Um, I was. Yeah, you were. You like stood
0: up in it. Like, did I say I object? (laughs) (laughs) Do people do that? I'm sorry. I want to look at your ring in a second. Do people do that? (laughs) I mean,
1: I hope not. Like that. Like i I from what I hear, there's apparently yeah. some families that don't like each other and there's a lot of tension at weddings, like uncomfortable mm. tension. I don't think mm-hmm. I would have put any effort into a wedding if my family hated each other. You know what I mean? like if like the two if if I was if we were like Romeo and Juliet and it was like our yeah. feuding families had to be forced into the same room, I don't think that would have been a fun day.
0: No, it would have been like, please don't come. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, hey, if you're gonna behave that way, uh please do not be here. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So maybe in a in a situation like that, or like one of these yeah. like last minute weddings or something like that. But you would assume with the amount of planning that goes into a wedding, hopefully it wouldn't get to that point.
0: Sure, sure. Um, well let's, let's see the dang thing. Let's see. Oh, okay.
1: So here it is. I have to wear this yeah. every day. And I say that it's fine. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a human ring, but there is, there's some things, Peter, I bet you didn't, yeah. you didn't know that were inconvenient about wearing a ring. Do you wear rings? Are you a
0: ringer? Um, I have in my life. I don't, uh, I don't have any on me right now because, um, I'm kind of in lazy mode. <laughs> um, but usually I keep, instead of wearing a hair tie on my wrist, I, I, wind it up twice and I put it on my finger it's just oh. an easier place for me easier access that's kind of cool um, yeah but I tie my hair up less now that it's short yeah, um, yeah short shorter. I mean it is short yeah, um,
1: Are, did, <laughs> yeah. have you ever man bunned by the way I know this is not what we're talking about but have you gone that I've, route I,
0: I've man bunned on this show I'm oh okay, sure. okay maybe not maybe I yeah, feel a little self conscious about my forehead
1: yeah but uh, yeah, I, yeah. I think if you man bunned I would have clipped it out at one point as a, <laughs> as a head but that's actually fair <laughs> um but, so, okay, inconvenient things about wearing a ring. I don't know, like, do you know, like, your your fingers change sizes frequently?
0: Like, within a day? Yeah, or... like,
1: so there's sometimes when, like, right now, I cannot, it, like, I'd have to, like, lube this up to take it off. Nice. It can move, but I got fat knuckles, so I can't, like, get it past that. Sure, And then there's sure. sometimes when I'll, like, if I'll, like, gesture like that, the ring would just fly off my finger without doing oh. anything or touching it. And it, it like... I, I don't think this is necessarily, like, something that is, like, just solely to me, but I think mine is mm. worse than others because when I was getting my ring size, they're like, oh, you have to get a ring like this because you have fat knuckles, and I was like, oh, Okay. Um, okay. So Thank you, wow. Well. I don't think they said fat. That's what I internalized. <laughs> Got it, okay, <laughs> sure. Um, so, yeah, so just getting it on and off is sometimes harder, and you're not supposed to, like, shower with it. You're not supposed to, like, do the dishes with it or laundry with it mm. or whatever, so I have a silicone replacement. Uh, but then the other thing, clapping, I had to clap a lot this weekend. I was at an oh, award ceremony. Yeah, I have to change my clapping technique because yeah, if I'm just clapping, golf clap. I'm hitting. See, the my pinky hits yeah. along exactly where the ring finger is. So Ouch. you're clapping, you're clapping, Ooh. and it hurts. So um, I had to adjust my clapping. So I'm like, you know, kind of like aggressive golf clapping like that you know mm. got a little bit of that going on and I asked another yeah. married man about that and he said no joke I had to adjust my clapping after I got <laughs> married so um yeah it's one of those um it's one of those let's just say <clears throat> uh difficult uh things to deal with uh that uh I you know I love being married um I I knew this would be an inconvenience a little bit I love what it represents but I just have to adjust myself to wearing this for the rest of my life two questions question number
0: one yeah from what it looks like from the camera here, it looks like it's just a solid gold band.
1: No, 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 it's silver.
0: Okay, solid silver band. Yeah. Okay, so question one is uh if you heat it up, does it reveal a secret message? Yeah,
1: maybe actually. I'm not sure. Um when I when I first got this one, it was like super like silvery, like super shiny, like uh-huh. impressive looking, and I didn't like that. Uh-huh. So they they basically like roughed it up for me. <laughs>
0: Just put some sandpaper. <laughs> um, gotcha. But so, so, but so, I guess my question is like, no worry that this is one of the rings of power.
1: Uh, I mean, you can see me.
0: I guess that's true.
1: Um, I don't feel like I have any kind of like demonic thoughts going through my head right now.
0: Okay. Well, if you get those. You can pa- we'll pause the show. Yeah, if you I, if I know start know hearing
1: whispers, I think you'll know
0: immediately. <laughs> okay, okay, cool. And then, question number two, and this is going to sound like it's a joke, but it's a genuine question. Okay, cool. So, is the idea of a wedding ring like, you know, you said, like, you know, you feel this on you forever, right? Is that sort of like. You know how, like, a yarmulke is supposed to, like, remind you of, like, the Lord's presence always? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like this thing that's on your head, and so, like, because you feel this thing on your head, like, do you know what I'm saying with that? Yeah. Is that, like, a similar thing where, like, because you have this ring on, even though, you know, it's it's dope, but, like, it you do feel it at all times. So it's kind of like that presence of, like, oh, yeah, I am married. Oh, yeah, I do love my wife. I, I don't as if you need a reminder. Yeah, I don't know I if guess.
1: I have a reminder, but I do. I, you know, I do have that that moment. Like whenever I see it, and then I, I see my now wife, I'm like, oh,
0: we're married. Wow. You
1: know, it's just like the little like a, a visual reminder for me to be like, oh, hello, yeah. it happened. It happened. Yeah. So yeah. You know.
0: Well, Justin, congratulations! Thank you. One. Thank you. Two. I saw Claire's wedding ring on Instagram, and damn, you got her a nice rock. And three. <laughs> it's it box? What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to Hitbox Number 126. My name is Peter Hunt Spitzek. Joining me, as always, is my wonderful friend and now married co-host Justin Makovich. We are here welcoming in the new year, 2023. Um, how are you, man? What's going on? We haven't we haven't like actually done a show in a minute because we did the game of the year stuff in one sitting. Oh yeah, it's
1: been a while. Uh, it's, well, I mean, we've seen each other, but like sitting down yes, talking about but this. Like, um, I'm pretty good like and again getting married going back to that a little bit it's it was an mm-hmm. I one of the probably the best day I'm ever going to have in my life I'm so happy and you know, like man. and then people are like oh no that when you have your child that's going to be the best day of your life I that might be a good moment but I cannot imagine that day as a whole being
0: <laughs> the best To my understanding, day that sounds stressful life. yeah it does that sounds stressful yeah um. <laughs> And I'm a I'm a I'm a nervous pacer, you know yeah, what I mean. So yeah. were I to have a child, Stuff. Uh, you know, I'm not the one in you know in the seat. So I'm just sort of you know waiting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I would yeah the stress I think I would get a lot of steps that day, but um, <laughs> it was a good day. It was a beautiful <laughs> wedding. Everyone everyone who was there I think agrees. Yeah, it was it was uh, it was good, but
1: the day after was I gotta admit, just a little sad. You know, like it's all done. I was mega sick. Yeah, you you were sick, very sick. Um, I was tired, but I I couldn't sleep. I mean, we got like like so few hours of sleep that night, um, just because I was so like still amped up about it. But um, I mean, other than that, you know, just going back to work, uh, pretending life. Uh, it's just regular regular now (laughs) forever so um, but other than that i've been good and not unfortunately not a huge amount of time uh to play video games but we're not to the crazy part of the the year yet i mean it's like literally week one uh where there's like so many things coming out but boy just give it some time things are coming out Give it,
0: you know three four weeks maybe Uh, Let's take a look at a preview at the news. PlayStation announces its first ever accessibility-focused controller. There may be a fatal flaw in your PS5, and Vampire Survivor's mobile port was uh, reportedly rushed out. Uh, we're going to be talking about all of that and more. Before we do, just here's a quick reminder to join us on Discord. The link to that is in the description. We've got a little server there. Um, you can support us on Patreon if you feel so inclined. That's patreon.com slash hitboxpod. You can become a $1 podcast producer or a $3 deluxe podcast producer like Jay Knoll, like Dave Parker, could be you. You get an extra 30-minute bonus episode every single week where we uh, almost to 30 bonus episodes. It is uh, a lot of content. We, we do some fun stuff with that. Um, join us there if you like. If not, no worries. Follow us on Twitter at HitboxPod. Um, and review us on Spotify, iTunes, wherever you listen to this, whatever your pod catcher of choice is. I heard someone say Ooh, pod catcher I like that. It catches all of your fun. pods. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Justin, uh, want to join me in the Metacritic roundup? Let's do it. Metacritic. Ground up. One game. In the Metacritic roundup this week, uh, and this was from uh, two weeks ago at this point. This is Sports Story, the highly anticipated follow-up to Golf Story, which was a golf RPG, which apparently is beloved. I've never played it. Have you?
1: Uh, I've not. It was. It's always been one of those that when I've seen it on sale, I'm like, oh, like this could be really fun. But then I'm taken back to those like sim golf games, and I know that's probably not what it
0: is. But I'm like, I don't know if I want to play that. <laughs> I think it's it's one of those things that's like not a parody, but like. A twist on like a sports game you know what i mean yeah. in a way that i think people who traditionally don't play sports games um are into but here we got sports story uh on the switch released on december 23rd it's got a metacritic score of 57
1: yo no that that that's not that's not great of, that is yeah, yeah out of six
0: out of six critic reviews and a user score of 2.4 uh we're gonna dive into that in a second before we do let's talk about the uh, critics uh Basically um this is one of those games that like it's got six reviews right now. Uh that makes sense it released 2 days before Christmas. Most publications were taking breaks, you know what I mean, yeah. like by that point like they were already working on like game of the year lists and you know additional end of year coverage stuff. So it just makes sense that um it might not be super widely reviewed. But damn, 57 on the Switch. That's tough. There's only one score above a 60 that's an 80 from multiplayer.it. Um Everything else is around a 60 and then God is a geek gave it uh, who there did that, uh, gave it a 40. That is. Uh, not loading, so cool, <laughs> but they gave it a 40, so it is uh, not well received, which is so surprised, especially because of how beloved that first one is. Uh, what do you take? What do you what does this make you think?
1: Um, well, at first I was just like, okay, it's a game that ne- wasn't necessarily intending to play, but then, then I heard it mm. was a uh, kind of a, a pivotal game for your, um, fantasy critic <laughs>
0: Score. It was, and I think it lost me 23 points. Oh, Motherfucker. N- 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 no, <laughs> it's like half my points, <laughs> um, in the last like six days of the year. Oh my gosh.
1: I think this is just a disappointing game in in the the I, the fact that you have a game in its uh, golf story, which was such a well-reviewed game. And then this one mm-hmm. comes out and I mean, Gulf Story was a uh, 78, which isn't like, you know, earth shattering, but like people talked about that game pretty universally happily. Um, yeah. I mean, that game, the user score is 8.2. The Metacritic score is 78. Um, so like clearly there were good things about this game and sidebar games was, you know, maybe onto something. And then this comes out and. You know, regardless of six critics reviewing it, only, you know, them them getting a 57 and then everyone else giving it a 2.4, I think, is kind of shocking and a little bit sad. So um, I I think, if anything, this makes me less likely to pick up Golf Story and then its sequel at this point and definitely probably showing maybe this is the end of the series. R.I.P.
0: Yeah, maybe. I mean, so basically this, this game has had sort of a fraught development as well. Uh, and the user reviews, you know, like I generally try to avoid user reviews of video games uh, because I think there's just a lot of shit in those. You know, what I mean? Yeah, I'm mean, i not saying yeah. that like the gamers don't know what they're talking about, but like, you know, you, you you find a review for something and you have a bunch of people saying, well, this is objectively bad game design. And it's like that's I, I just find that that. I, I don't tend to like <laughs> user reviews, yeah, and, but on a game like this, that's so small. The user reviews, these are people who are like, who've played the game. You right, know what I mean? I feel right. like with a lot of people who are jumping into a, a review for Elden Ring or, um, you, you know, whatever, Assassin's Creed, like, I, I feel like there's a lot of people who are just reviewing it to just sort of be a troll you know yeah um so like let's see we have mr
1: eek uh gave it a one on december 28th this is one of the user reviews it says i love birthday
0: he hopped on on my birthday Aww. he said peter i'm writing you a little review here oh that was so this sweet is- of him and he gave something a walnut <laughs> um thank you mr eek but, and true peter fan <laughs> but he said uh, <laughs> i loved the
1: original golf story a charming little arcade golf game on the switch that i still go back to on occasion and bluntly uh Uh, is what you should play over this awful half-baked sequel. Constant crashes, multiple instances of game freezing your character in place if you hit a hazard. No tutorials for any of the new sports, in some cases not even a button prompt. The game is constantly awful at telling you how to complete your objectives, and most galling multiple basic quality of life mechanics that were in the original game have been removed, including the ability to see if your shot is blocked by a hazard. A miserable, disappointing, rushed game for the for shame to the developers wow with a for shame at the end you know that's real but i mean it seems like a lot of like just technical issues and as you said a game that has been wrought in development hell um kind of uh really um was released in a hellish state
0: yeah and it's tough too because like most of these user reviews start with like i love golf story right right you know what I mean? Like most of them like start with like here's a little quick story like story. Like I played the golf story and I fell in love with it and I couldn't wait for the sequel and blah 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 blah. Right. And then for it to be like people who are fans of the original coming to this and being like, this is just not finished, it's not very good. Um It's a shame, in my opinion. Yes, you know? Can you imagine if if we went to play
1: God of War Ragnarok and it was just like unplayable, horrible? <laughs> not even close to what the first one would be like that would that would be a mood
0: <laughs> that'd be tough yeah <laughs> yeah this is uh i'm mess well i'll say this i didn't have a great year in the fantasy <laughs> the fantasy pick but uh i did have a better year than sports story <laughs> um, i guess i didn't though because your weakest link yeah, yeah yeah and um well fuck that right up <laughs> for myself but so there you go medical to ground up uh justin any, any games you've been playing this week? I know you said you've been busy with work and, and the whole marriage and whatnot, but... Uh, yeah, nothing new. Just, you know, going back on the
1: Switch, playing some old stuff, playing a little bit of God of War and stuff, but, like, nothing, like, I would say, new and or noteworthy uh, to, sure. to mention.
0: Sure, sure. So I... Um, me and my roommate uh, have been shut into our apartment this sort of weekend because uh, my roommate is tested positive for COVID... <gasps> Uh, on thursday night or i guess friday morning and um because we live in such close proximity there's just no way for us to not <laughs> like yeah. for us to like distance or isolate or anything like that Yeah. And, um, it, so we've, we've it said, was it was
1: weird that you chose to instead of having traditional table salt just like some a salt lick at the middle of the table that you lick before you eat your food to season it
0: <sighs> okay so i know this is a joke but uh so i have this salt lick lamp or this salt <laughs> lamp. Yeah, okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Perhaps I've given myself away here a little bit. Um do you have any of these like Himalayan salt lamps? Yeah, there's you know
1: there's one somewhere in the storage room currently sitting in, yes.
0: <laughs> do you uh you ever give that bad boy a lick?
1: <laughs> um I did lick once it once. I did. I have to admit, yes. Okay. Have you? Oh yeah. Like
0: Oh I the
1: get way what, I once yeah, what's it? Is that? it more than once? <laughs> it sounds like this is like
0: <laughs> Um, like not like uh, okay. Let me say it's not like an every week thing. Okay, you know what I mean. This is like sometimes I'll look at that bad boy and be just like, "It's time." Oh man, it's time. <laughs> it's like you know it hit the spot right now. Just a just a tongue, just a one little lick of salt, just lit.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's right
0: next to my bed. It's right next. To, yep. It's my. It's literally my bed lamp. And
1: then um, right after that, you'll lick one of a uh, Nintendo Switch's game cartridges just to make sure, to, like to
0: just feel something. Yeah, just yeah. To feel something. <laughs> Um, well, we've, uh, we are, uh, in lockdown right now for the weekend and, uh, luckily he feels 100% fine. I feel 100% fine. I actually have been, we've been testing every day. I've been testing negative still. Um, so neither of us are like truly sick, but it's good thing that we caught it before, you know, going out and doing whatever in the world. Um, uh, but so we've just had like just this lockdown here of just, Hey, time to just relax and wait, you know, for you to either get sick or feel worse or whatever. So, uh, it's been video game central here. And because there's been nothing new, I've been able to catch up on some stuff that I uh, have been meaning to play. And one of those things is um, Zelda 64 Dawn and Dusk. Are you familiar with this, Justin? I've never heard of this before. So um, there is a pretty uh, devoted modding community to the Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. And what they have done is you can purchase cartridges like like Nintendo 64-ass cartridges for these mods. Um, and so people will just, you know, using the assets remake, you know, make their own levels and s- stories and whatever, um, using the Ocarina of Time engine and, and the assets and everything like that. And then they'll sell them. So I bought this off of eBay for him for Christmas because we talked about him. he and I. We, we discovered them on eBay, I don't know, four or five months ago. And uh, we got around to playing it. We finished the whole thing. Uh, it's one of those things where it was a fun little dive into uh new zelda stuff you know what i mean um but it is also like oh this was very clearly made by one guy uh because some of it's a little rough around the edges so but so what what is different about it it is a completely new little story so it's it's like it was like a four-hour dlc basically oh um where there's these two towns the dawn side and the dusk side and they're like warring or something like that and then, so you just go out and adventure in the forest. And then there's like an ice level. There's a dungeon. There's a final boss. It's a whole thing. And you, you said you played this on a cartridge, or you played it on a? Yeah. So we had his N64 hooked up to the TV. Uh, don't ask me how he did that. Yeah. I'm, I would. I would just give up. Yeah, yeah. I would have just given up. Um. But yeah, it, it's funny. Uh. W- wow, those games don't look very good anymore.
1: Yeah. <laughs> not
0: not that they don't look good. It's just that like. You know, and N sixty four was just not very capable of outputting, you know, super high resolution. So everything's just like really blown out. Um, th- those games, I think, look good still when like played at a higher resolution. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, yeah but, absolutely.
1: I um, <laughs> I can imagine. It wasn't a CRT TV, was it?
0: No. Yeah. Okay. And that's, that's like makes it worse. Yeah. Even, too. even
1: double on that. Um, because yeah. the CRT kind of like hides some of it. Um, agreed. But um, one of my goals uh last year that I failed um was i had planned on beating majora's mask on Mm -hmm. um the switch online uh just to like finally check that off my bucket list um and i I didn't i didn't obviously but that'll be i'll extend that goal to this year but what really happened with it is i got to a point in it where you're at the move the lawn what's the ranch in uh majora's mask I don't remember. I just call it Lon Lon. And you have to like stop the uh, aliens from invading. Yeah.
0: Right? Yeah. The train face monster. Have you have
1: you do you remember how bad the, the shooting controls are in Zelda? It is the like worst, least intuitive thing I've ever seen in my life.
0: I I know because I did it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this week. So like you have to that that uh yeah.
1: So I was like working on like doing the the ranch like the training thing that you're like training to like, you know, kill the the enemies just so I can get ready for it. And then yeah. like I just I I couldn't do it. I like physically could not do it and I was getting so frustrated that I just like had a save state that I kept doing it. And then I was like if I didn't have a save state, how would this game be playable? Like you'd have to go back and like restart from scratch every time you failed. It was I'm not ready for this. I, I, so that's why I stopped playing it. But like, sure, you know, our moniker of old games are old. I think definitely applies for N64 games. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, among other reasons, I think one of the best changes that was made to um, the Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask 3DS remakes um, were the aiming. Because obviously you're using the like that really smooth circular joystick yeah. on the 3DS. Yep. Um, but then also um, the eraser, you get the what's that? It's, yeah, it's yeah, like an like eraser. eraser tip. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you also get the the micro adjustments with the gyro aiming, so like the a- aiming in, in the, with that stuff is just like super super solid. Um, but yes, no in the dusk and or dawn and dusk one, it is also not great. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, but alas. But hey, but yeah, it, so it looks it, interesting. Yeah. Like, how much was the actual game?
0: Fifteen twenty bucks. Okay, okay, it was not bad. Um, yeah, it, it is. You just got to make sure you got a Nintendo sixty four that's hooked up. <laughs> you know, that's the hardest um, part.
1: Actually, all the cords probably cost more than the game. <laughs>
0: I think Josh had to order something for that because he was missing something. But um, yeah, we got up and running and uh, it was a good time. The other game, though, that I've been um, playing through, speaking of old games are old and speaking of going through your like sort of bucket list games or like games you should play in a lifetime. uh, I've been playing Resident Evil 4, uh, not 4, Resident Evil, (laughs) the original, uh, the remake of it that they did uh, for the GameCube, I think in like 2003 or 2004. Oh. um, It's not on the GameCube, I'm playing it on the Xbox. I've had it, it was one of like the free games with gold in like 2016 and I just had it on my Xbox since then, meaning to play it. Um, but it's one of those things where like, this is true, Uh, something like formational for me as a kid that freaked me the fuck out was that first scene where you see a zombie in Resident Evil. Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh where yeah. Where it like very slowly turns, turns around head and looks at you. Yeah yeah um so that is like has freaked me out my whole life uh to be honest with you and so I was I decided hey, I'm gonna play this it's not that long, I assume um I'm gonna you know face my fears and and do it and I'm like I would say ninety to ninety five percent of the way through it um it's it's pretty good oh believe it or not it holds up well yeah yeah uh, I mean, there is like some definitely like this is an old game stuff with it uh and i think if you're not a fan of like fixed camera angles then don't play this game (laughs) (laughs) um but they've got they've got two control schemes you can do it in the tank controls or you can do it with a more modern control style Uh, i do not like tank controls really so uh i've been sort of sticking with the more modern stuff but um it is it is pretty challenging i'm playing it on the normal difficulty um which is the hardest one that's unlocked when you first start the game Uh, and if you get hit grabbed twice you die oh um yeah, and uh, hey, remember how old games you had to save your game? Yeah, there was no like autosave. save. Yeah, uh, no autosave in this. Oof. In fact, saving—I uh, mean, this is just a Resident Evil standard, like like a, a staple. Uh, when you save, you can't just save whenever. You have to use an item to save, huh. yeah, ink ribbons. Yeah, and if you run out of those, like you're you can't you're done. you can't
1: save, and there's a, a f- yes finite amount of them.
0: Yeah, and there are less... Like, the harder of the difficulty you play on, the less there are. Huh. So I think I have, like, 25 or maybe 30 saves total huh. um, available to me. And again, you have to find them, too. So, like, you, I, I, there was a 45-minute stretch this morning where I was just, like, knotted up, just stressed out, because I was, like, low health, did not have a sa- uh, an ink ribbon. Like, <laughs> it, it was good. It's good. It's it's very good. It's frustrating in that way, but... um. I, I love it. And it looks really good too. Um, They used this really, really excellent strategy to make it um, look great where you're actually looking at like all of the fixed camera angles are like JPEGs, essentially, like the backgrounds are just like flat textures. And then you are just maneuvering a character around the texture, essentially. So like the quality of those pictures is excellent. And then, like all of the like polygonal assets and whatever, just go straight to the actual character models and the interactable like um, pieces. It, it's really good. I like it. Yeah, I remember.
1: I remember seeing this, these these games when they were coming out with these remakes on like GameCube era stuff and just how like freaking gorgeous they were at the time. Yeah. And like, I mean, it's really hard to to um, understate how, or overstate how like awesome these games looked at the time when they came out. You know what I mean? Like it. It like. Yeah, we're looking at these from game like a year when we had God of War, Elden Ring and um Horizon Forbidden West and those games are beautiful. But like looking at when these came out, when did this even come out even? That was 2002? Is it really? Wow. So like it,
0: it looks f- like literally 11
1: years old. It looks stunning. Yeah, like that like that is uh you know, fantastic to kind of just see like how games were able to create beauty and, and and good graphics then which makes it even uh, less excusable when you have a game like Pokemon Scarlet that can't even run on the Nintendo Switch.
0: Well, it makes me it makes me think about like, you know, these sorts of tricks have always been there, you know. So like they knew whoever, you know, Capcom was making this, like they knew the limitations of the hardware they had and they said, "Well, how can we make this look the best it can look?" Mm-hmm you know what I mean? Given those limitations and they were clever about it and they like thought really thought it through. And it reminds me, like we've talked about this a lot Xenoblade versus Pokemon Mm -hmm. Xenoblade three. I'm sure you utilizes similar like ideas or, or or is able to say, okay, this is the the hardware we're working with. You know, how do we make that work for our vision? Like, what are we going to do to make that work? Whereas something like Pokemon is just like, just going to be a flat field. (laughs) Like, you know, um, but yeah, no. I uh, wonderful, wonderful game. If you are a fan of survival horror, this is a must play. Um, c- shocking, really. Uh, consider that. <laughs> Resident Evil One, pretty good. Good game. Good, good um, game. Yeah, and you know, I'm, I'm coming off hot f- the hot, hot off the heels of uh, Signalis, which I really, really liked, and so I was sort of craving something similar. And this is, I mean, Signalis was like absolutely 100 percent inspired by this. So there you go. Uh, Justin, you want to talk about the news? Oh, let's, yeah, let's get some news under the way. Let's do it. Believe it or not, <laughs> not a whole lot of news. Yeah. Uh, what? There is some. There is some. But I think uh, we're, you know, the first week of the year, we're starting starting to get those gears turning again after everyone get, is getting back from their breaks and whatnot. Um, but the first thing that I want to talk about, Justin, is Starfield, Um. You're familiar, yes, Starfield.
1: Yeah, that's the one when you have like stars and they're all like arranged to make it look like a field.
0: You know, Justin, you put that so eloquently. Thank you. Yes, it Thank is like you. it is exactly like that. Thank yeah. you. Um, so, Starfield has sort of been a big mystery for 2023. Uh, it was supposed to come out not, uh, in uh, November of this past year and got delayed into 2023. What is the release window we have for this here for Starfield? Um, yeah, I think
1: I think it's first half of 2023 was kind of what it was, because when that Xbox showcase came out, they're like, all these games you'll see within the next year.
0: Yeah, yeah. So uh, according to GameSpot, uh, Starfield is still on track to release in the first half of 2023. Bethesda confirmed. Um, but so some good news coming out of this is that according to Colt Eastwood, who is uh, some content creator, I've, I'm not familiar with him um but he says that he talked to some playtesters um, for Starfield, and they said that they have been just blown away by it, and that it's much bigger than anything Bethesda has ever done before, and that it is uh, pretty much living up to the hype that Bethesda has sort of been uh, doubling down on with this. Um, uh, how do how do you take that? What do, what does that make you feel? I think it's cool. I mean, if if they're comparing it to these
1: other games that I'm so fond of. Um, like Fallout, right? I love the Fallout games, and if they say like it is doing great things with them, and it is it it is they're they're living up to their promises, I think that's great. Because at at worst, like if it is just a Fallout game, Fallout Three, but like with better graphics and updated gameplay, I'm cool with that. Yeah, I will love that. Um, and at best, if it's better than that, like that's awesome too. Like I I think. I'm super excited for this game because I feel like whenever you have a Bethesda game like this come out, uh, whether it's your fallout or your your uh, Elden, not Elden Ring, (laughs) Elder Scrolls (laughs) Scrolls, um, or in this case now we have um, uh, Starfield. I think those are the kind of games that just. It, it engross me even if they're average they will engross me and bring me uh make me like it so the fact that there's positive words coming out of this i think makes me feel a little positive and like the positive words are about like the world actually is massive in a good way and like you can explore planets in a good way like i think that that is cool because they're promising all these crazy things that we like we all have ptsd from uh when no man's sky came out and all these promises sure. that were made that just did not you did it didn't live up to until like years later so if this can like be launched and maybe not be perfect but have a lot of good things to it you can explore any planet you want you can do whatever you want i am stoked and i cannot wait for this game to come out
0: yeah i i've sort of been like cautiously optimistic i think is the word i would use for it like i'm trying not to think too hard about it because i i love skyrim i don't really like fallout that much uh, but I love love Skyrim. I loved Oblivion when I was a kid. I really enjoyed wandering around the murky swamps of Morrowind, not knowing what I was doing when I was a, a kid. Um, <laughs> but like, I'm I'm just so excited for. I've been excited for Starfield, and the last. I mean, we we saw a gameplay trailer from it over the summer, and I, it it did not instill confidence in me necessarily. I, I I think that was sort of the general response to it of like, oh. Uh-oh. Yeah. Um, yeah. But like, like, hey, glad you've delayed this, but uh, this was not a fantastic showing necessarily. Um, but, I mean, if it's as, if playtesters are walking away impressed, I'm willing to let that be another piece of evidence for Starfield, it's probably gonna be pretty good. The idea that, the promises that they've made about it have made me a little nervous with like whole, you know, 1,000 explorable handcrafted planets and all that sort of stuff, Um but uh, we'll see. Well, I, I think that's just it,
1: too. Like for play testers, if they came out saying like the game is buggy or whatever, like that would be like a, a big red flag. Right. Because even if the game is not like what people are expecting it to be, the play testers are, are trying to make sure the game works. <laughs> and like yeah. if people are happy with it, I think that's just a great sign for it. Because, again, worst case, this is another Bethesda game um, that is maybe a little bit below standards. Best case, it is awesome.
0: Yeah, Agreed. Uh and uh, I mean there were reports of it being not awesome. Uh if you remember yeah. in I guess that would have been last year, yep. someone someone had come out and said, "Hey, you know, <laughs> Yo, it's not Dimas. fun to fly
1: this this stuff." <laughs> yes, yes.
0: Um but it was one of those things and I think we talked about it in the episode where those uh sort of claims came up. Like it's early. The game isn't done. And and yes, it is important to recognize, "Hey, if something isn't working, but like y- you know, it, it, to me, it rings similarly as um, when people were upset that GTA Six, those leaks, that it wasn't finished, that the game in development that they knew were looking at in development is not done. Like, I don't know what to tell you, man. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Um, but yeah, so there you go. I don't know. I'm, I am. I uh, am cautiously optimistic for Starfield. I am hoping that it is good because um, that would make me very happy. It would. Good games are always going to make me happy. That is true. And we never wished for bad games. No, no. no. We, wish, we wish Sports Story was great and one and that it was it, scored the best it you, ever. It got you on, 100 on points. <laughs> yeah, and that'd me. I would need, I think, more than that to have won. But <laughs> it would have made me look pretty good. <laughs> um. All right, Justin, let's talk about this. Uh, Project Leonardo, uh, which is PlayStation's um, customizable accessibility controller kit. Uh, so PlayStation, despite the fact that their games have, uh, as of late really been leaning into their accessibility features in terms of the hardware, PlayStation games have been pretty inaccessible for a long time. So my understanding, um, a lot of PlayStation products are not compatible with, um, like accessibility controllers, uh, and stuff like that, which is a shame because, Again, a lot of PlayStation games are super, you know, accessibility focused and, and forward. Uh, and even a lot of the PlayStation 5's design has been accessibility forward. I think if I'm remembering correctly, when you turn the PlayStation on for the first time, the PS5, it has um, screen reading on by default. Which is great for people, you know, if, if you um, have a hard time with eyesight or reading or anything like that, like having a screen reader is awesome. Um, and so for that to be selected on and have that be the first toggle you see when you start this thing up, I think is superb. So Project Leonardo is basically these um, customizable, uh, it's, it's a controller kit that can work. Um, they're like circles with all of the buttons on a PlayStation controller laid out in front of it, like, like in the circle. Um, it, it's, it's kind of interesting. What... Uh, what are your initial thoughts on this, Justin? I think it's I think it's great. Um, regardless of of the design,
1: I don't know. I don't have. I have no idea about like if this design is actually a good design, right? I, I'm sure yeah. it is. I'm sure they've had enough people in there. I think what it does is it creates more options for players. Um, maybe mm-hmm. this controller isn't perfect for everyone. Maybe the Xbox One is more perfect for for other people. Um, maybe this one is the one that people need. But I think the more options people have to play the better it's going to be and i think some of this stuff looks cool um just in general with how the like the layout is it looks unique it looks like a little flying ship like a flying saucer almost in like the coolest yeah, way possible cool. It looks cool um, and again there looks like there's so many different ways to customize this that um it, i i think i think it looks I think it's really cool and I'm really glad that that Sony is continuing to work on R&D with these controllers and really not just say like accessibility is something that we put on our games to to get, you know, just to get like good vibes. We really want people to play games in any way that they can.
0: Yeah, no, 100%. I think what's interesting, too, is um, they outlined that you can use so that like this is like it's two controller pads, essentially. And um, you can use one on its own. You can use one uh, both together. You can use one paired with um, a dual shock or a dual sense controller, or you can use both and a dual shock controller. So like really let, you know, letting this be able to be as malleable or as robust or whatever as, as someone needs, I think is pretty cool. I'm, I'm pretty sure that whenever this launches, do we know when this is coming? Um, just doing a quick, uh, no. no, it says Project Leonardo does not yet have a release date or a price. Um, uh, 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 when this does release, though, I'm like 90 percent sure that this would be usable on an Xbox because I, I think you compare uh, PlayStation controllers to the Xbox, um, which I think is pretty awesome. And then uh, on top of that, uh, I'd be curious to see if they are interested in bringing the Xbox adaptive controller over to um, PlayStation because it, t- these I, I as we were saying like I don't know enough about what people need for an accessibility controller like this to really speak on what how like how useful they'll be um, but like I know that the adaptive controller has been like really highly regarded and praised for just how excellent it is for using uh, that sort of stuff but
1: well and like I would assume this is not a, a thing that Sony's doing to make all the money in the world on you know like that's, that's no not no the point.
0: no this is this is like a, i think a more niche product right. but like at the end of the day like it's good that they are doing this so
1: but with the, with the idea of them not doing it to make a ton of money like that's not their goal for this i would hope they would allow the xbox one to work on the playstation yeah and i they they would uh, the the point is to get people on your ecosystem ecosystem in any way you want uh, th- yeah. to play games to buy hardware to buy software and like whether it's this controller, or as I said, the the Xbox One, one of these controllers hopefully will be usable for people, no matter what their needs are. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah. So there you go. Um, I'm hoping that this this comes soon. I, I know that people are very excited for this. This was, this was by the way, announced at CES. That's the uh, computer something. Expo computer. Sh- show? Everyone sings Salmonella.
1: Yes, everyone got yeah. Salmonella this year
0: it's in vegas and uh this was i think an unexpected announcement which is always very fun. Have you ever been to vegas, uh, Peter? Uh when i was a kid we drove through vegas um to get to the hoover dam.
1: Oh, but did you like stop and like walk?
0: Uh no, oh, I, yeah.
1: Yeah. Let me no. let me tell you as someone who is not huge into like gambling uh yeah. is still is is a good time. I highly recommend it. Fun time.
0: I want to go so bad. <laughs> I would Love to go. Yes. I would love to go. Justin? You would?
1: I would love to go. go. I
0: would. I would. Um, (laughs) I learned a lie. I made myself indispensable. I placed a weakness so deep within the Death Star, so deep it's hard to find. Is that for? The PlayStation 5 has a fatal flaw. Oh my God. Uh
1: (laughs) (laughs) Mads Mickelson's really just fucking with us.
0: I, let's, let's see if we can't, you know, this won't go on the show, but like, let's see if we can't get Mads Mickelson on the pot. I would love to hear him talk about literally
1: anything. Yeah. And he just talk I'm sure he'd be a great conversationalist. I'm sure we could like find a lot of information about, about life.
0: Oh my gosh. Talk about, I mean, but like, think about, we could talk about Death Stranding yeah. obviously. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's, you know, Jin Erso's father mm-hmm. in Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's his name in Casino Royale? Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah. Little crying tears. Like, was that, a pra- yeah. was that a practical effect? Did you actually have to cry blood?
0: Uh, He's such a, he's such a good actor. I just imagine that he he did. Yeah, yeah. He's spe- he's 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 an actor in two in multiple languages. Um, I watched oh, okay. one of the you know, Danish films He
1: can speak multiple languages. I'm like, if he's like, you, you're. I thought for I don't know what I was thinking, but I imagine him like acting for multiple languages, not speaking, but just like he was allowed to act in front of. Oh, I see. <laughs> English and I, French I people.
0: <laughs> not allowed. He got a, no, yeah, he got uh, his I wonder, acting I imagine license. I imagine it's hard though to like you know if you're like acting in English like also acting in you know what like German let's say I imagine that's pretty difficult.
1: I imagine knowing two languages is difficult.
0: <laughs> well, right, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, and having to like 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 pretend to be something and like totally understand the words and so that you like totally get whatever. What I'm trying to say, Michael saying you welcome on the pod anytime, anytime. Um, but no, there is a uh, a fatal flaw in the the PlayStation Five a- apparently. Um. According to Wololo.net, i never heard of this play, uh, site before, whoa, 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 but um, whoa, 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 according to a report from them, putting your PlayStation 5 upright so that it's standing vertically um, could be bad for its accelerated processing unit. Don't really know personally what that piece of the PS5 does, but to my understanding, you don't want anything internally of that thing to be damaged. Um, so apparently when you keep it upright, some of the the uh heat coming off of that processor um damages it or something <laughs> I'm not the one who's going to be able to tell you technically what's the matter with this I'm just the one telling you maybe if your PlayStation 5 is vertical maybe flip that flip that guy horizontally I know it looks a lot weirder I think horizontally um but I don't know what do you think Jason uh, so my
1: PlayStation is currently Standing upright because that's the only place it fits in my entertainment system. The only time it's ever on its side in the horizontal is when I keep it like under my desk and I put it on. You have the same desk as me, right?
0: This standing yeah, one? Yeah, so
1: you know the feet. I, I rested on the yeah. feet. What the fuck? I know. So the Dude. only time it's ever in the horizontal position is when I accidentally kick it over. So I'm just playing a game here, whether it's it standing upright or me kicking it over and it falling down. Those are the only. Those are the only. Opportunities. One of those two will destroy it. Um, but you know, the good thing about uh, if I do, in fact, destroy my PlayStation Five, um, it's not going to be as bad as it was a few a, a few uh, months ago to get. Because
0: oh yeah, uh, love that transition. Thank you. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, ac- apparently, according to Sony, the um, drought is over of the uh, uh, of PlayStation's being hard to find, which makes sense. I've, I've gone into Game Stops and seen them just on shelves and stuff now. Um, uh, there was like God of War bundles. Damn, I would have gotten a God of War bundle if that was around when I got mine. Although At I think launch. I got the PlayStation. <laughs> yeah, I think I got the the um Miles Morales bundle, mm. which was also good. So whatever. Um, but yeah, no. Uh, uh, if your PlayStation is is stored vertically, um, maybe consider throwing that on its side. I don't know. Like, I, it's hard to say like how widespread this issue would. be um i'm not sure that there's like an answer to that right now like like i don't what i'm trying to say is like i don't know if it's every single ps5 has this problem or if it's just some but um it, I, I guess sometimes consoles are made poorly
1: well well yeah let's just look at microsoft and like look at uh was that 360 right
0: yeah the red ring of death My god
1: like just think like think about that. Like, do you think Sony would be the kind of company who'd go and basically like say, We're gonna like lose all this money to fix this? No.
0: No way. I mean, no way.
1: Nintendo's still like like dancing around their their broken ass joy-cons saying, like, no, it's fine, just we'll we'll fix them. Yeah. <laughs> um, and like I don't think Sony would be the company to like have a multi million dollar thing or something or billion dollar thing if it if it went wrong for them to fix it. But I mean, uh, I'll let you know the second my upright standing kickable PlayStation five stops working.
0: Okay. Yeah. You tell me, you tell me, uh, we'll, we'll see if we can't get down to the bottom of what maybe causes caused it to, <laughs> yeah, to I break. I don't know. One of the two. Um, I don't know. I think that, that, um, by the way, if you are hearing this and you are going like, Oh fuck, I got to switch my PlayStation. I don't know if this is necessarily something to really truly worry about. It seems like if this were the case, then we'd be hearing about it a lot. You know, like like right now, I think just some some reports of this are worth keeping an eye on, but not necessarily like truly worrying about. Would, would you agree? Oh,
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, I think at this point, it's it's too early to like necessarily tell like if this is going to be like like a huge issue, but just something to yeah. keep in mind. Um, if, if if this starts popping up, maybe just the lay, lay your PlayStation over. If you're someone who doesn't put it in rest mode, you keep it on twenty four seven and you have it upright. Maybe you shouldn't. Um, but yeah. I don't know. We're giving you information. We're reporting the news. We're not telling you what to do with it. It is
0: true, Justin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We are just the voices in your headphones.
1: Yeah, but I am telling you to put on your Master Chief helmet and just, like, run around your neighborhood. <coughs>
0: yeah. 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 <coughs> can you imagine, like, just, like, looking out your
1: front window and just seeing, like, down the street someone, like, like combat rolling in a Master Chief helmet? Oh, I'd be
0: stoked. I have, um, I have a life-size needler. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I would I would absolutely run out there and, just and start shooting. And
1: you'd M. be a grunt. You'd be like, "Hey, let's get up <laughs> demon!" <laughs> <laughs> <Ow>.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, ah, I would I would love to go and replay those games. Halo. Yeah, specifically Halo good.
1: Infinite, my favorite Halo game.
0: Um, I'd probably go for three. I'd probably give that one a shot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I played it.
1: It's, it's a good game. It's, I'm sure it is. I'm sure I, so, the Halo Infinite got
0: a hook shot. Yeah, Justin you're not wrong just the campaign's not terrible like it, it is oh gosh it, I'm so I, I'm so conflicted <laughs> on that game like it is pretty good it's like a pretty solid like seven out of ten for most of the way through and then you get to like the final four missions and it's just like gray hallways like it like it's it's pretty terrible um but that open world I mean like that is, like, it like it is a good sandbox for for you know halo nonsense and whatnot but halo nonsense uh let's talk about a game that we both just unequivocally love uh Elden ring uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah game of the year hitbox yeah. uh Elden ring um y- you know how the last of us 2 was um was previously the most uh celebrated game of all time uh in terms of like game of the year um awards and and, and such uh, well, Elden Ring has surpassed it, and now it is the most widely celebrated game of all time, currently, according to some people who are doing some research on the reset era forums. Um, what do you think? Does that make sense?
1: Yeah. So, uh, looking, uh, uh, there's a, a game. Is this Games Radar article by highrun Crier, uh, who basically like looked at that post and summarized it, saying. Um, uh, that's according to dedicated reset error researchers who have compiled Elden Ring's game of the year total awards and deduced from that from software's latest currently sits at a staggering 324 wins that officially beats the last of us part two's awards, which totaled 322 back in 2020. Um, yeah, I think I think that's I, I think it's that that is still insane, um, and specifically, that's insane, um, because this might be just me recency bias. The Last of Us Part II, uh, that was the same year that Ghost of Tsushima, Final Fantasy VII, those games came mm-hmm. out, right? And I think yeah. like critically... A game like Last of Us Part Two is, like, one of those, like, oh, this is art kind of game. Like, it makes sense why that would, like, get a lot of those game awards, game of yeah. year awards. Elden Ring came out in a year where, forget everything else, God of War Ragnarok came out, which is another one yeah. of those games. And it still managed to, like, like you know, raise to the top, and, and people consistently are saying it's their game of the year. Um, I think that is, you know, a fantastic thing for From Software. I'm glad people like this game. You know my feelings of this game. I, I think it's a good Souls game, but it's still just a Souls game to me. That is yeah. a little whatever. Um, and I think ultimately, the more of these, the more people play these games, the more we get of these. I would love to have a new one of these kind of games every year or every two years. I think that's great. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, maybe I'll beat one of them. <sighs>
0: <laughs> yeah. You beat you beat uh Bloodborne, yeah, you said, right? Yeah,
1: I put a lot of time in that game. That was that was a good game.
0: That's real good. It's yeah. real good. Yeah, don't don't uh, cry yeah, because no. it's over, smile because it happened. Hunter. Hunter. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, no, I, I think that um I don't know. I feel like I, I saw some people upset about this. Why? The, on Why? The internet. What does it do to you? Do I work
1: at Naughty Dog? No. And if I did, no. I'd be, I'd if be I did, like, like. Wait till the Last of Us Part 3.
0: <laughs> or I'd just be like, oh, the very exciting, a good video game that I get to play. Like, I don't know. Like, yeah, every single time I, I we've talked about The Last of Us 2 being the most awarded game, we always be like, oh, and it beat The Witcher 3, which was what that was before it. So, like, The Witcher still getting those nods you know what i mean like i don't think anyone needs to be told like hey the witcher is a was it was a very well-received game right you know what right. i mean like same thing with last of us too like i don't think anyone is gonna i don't know whatever um yeah Elden ring good game. I, get the, uh, I get these
1: feelings when i'm talking about some of like my favorite movies of all time um two two of my favorite movies uh that didn't win best picture yeah. for whatever reason one is shawshank redemption I love that movie. Okay. One of my favorites of all time. Watch it once a year at least. Uh, okay. And it got beat by... Do you know the movie it got beat by?
0: Uh, what year was it? 2009? No,
1: no, no, no. The Shawshank Redemption came out in, like, 96. Oh, yeah.
0: What am I thinking of? Nin- um, sh- sh- 1994. Um, it's a classic. It involves... Right, 1994 movies. Like <sighs> um, So we got Pulp Fiction... Forrest Gump Apollo 13 Is it Forrest Gump? Yeah it's Forrest
1: Gump Wait Apollo 13 and Forrest Gump came out in the same year? Yeah damn Tom Hanks Dang
0: Yeah but Forrest Gump won Oh no Apollo 13 is 1995 Why would you do that to me Google? (laughs) (laughs) Why would you do
1: that? You lying You liar This is why AI will never take over Because AI uh, doesn't know the truth Um, But yeah no. so Forrest Gump won And that's again a great movie um yeah. and another one, uh, I I thought, and I really like both uh this was more recently, the King's Speech versus Social Network. Oh yeah. I love both the social network and the king's speech. I thought the the social network, and at the time I liked social network a little bit better, but since then I've loved the king's speech even more and the king's speech won. And now I'm like, I'm glad the king's speech won. But like, does that make the other movie worse? Absolutely no, okay.
0: not. Yeah. <sighs> Um, two things The first thing is uh, Tammy and the T-Rex Also came out in 1994 uh, Just as a You know I know you're a fan A huge fan i watched I've watched <laughs> um, a good
1: 30 minutes Of that movie In a video game <laughs> High on life
0: uh, And then also um, Gosh Social network is so good I love I will frequently watch that scene Where Andrew Garfield go, Goes in And He Like when he finds out That he All his stocks have been diluted You know what I mean mm-hmm. Um, gosh, I think if I was a kid, like how boring of a sentence would that have made me? Like, <laughs> but no, <laughs> like, my favorite scene in that movie was when all of his stocks were. Yeah, but except you said Andrew um, Garfield,
1: and I don't care how old you are, that's a you put
0: that guy in a sentence in anything, I'd watch it. That's true. It. That is very true. Uh, and he's like, he's like, sorry, my brood is at the cleaner. <laughs> or whatever he said. Um, anyway, anyway, uh, yeah. So Elden Ring, congratulations on being uh, a well-received video game. There is uh, reportedly a, a remake of Persona 3 coming at some point reportedly. Uh this is not a necessarily a new rumor, but uh in the new year, Atlus tweeted out um something saying like, "Hey, uh uh, uh it looks like, you know, we're, we're so excited to celebrate both our old games and our new games," obviously in reference to um, the the ports of Persona 3 Portable and Persona 4 Golden to Xbox, PlayStation, Switch, and PC that are all coming later this year, um, but people are also being like new, new. Maybe you're also you've got that uh, Persona 3 remake in the works that people have been um, talking about forever. Uh, I don't know if there's anything necessarily new here, other than there are more people talking about it again uh, and people saying, "Hey, this is in the works." Um, a lot of the people who were saying that um, I'm not familiar with their track record in terms of like leaks and stuff like that. So it's tough to say. And, and I feel like the persona fandom is so, um, uh, we like those games, you know, like persona fans like persona. And so like, if you say, Hey, more personas coming, that gets people excited. So it, it's really unclear as to like how much is behind these rumors and uh, and whatever but um it is certainly being talked about right now so i think it's kind of worth bringing up
1: um yeah for me personally i think this is great uh i'm just waiting for when persona 5 comes out for switch so i can finally start playing that game uh you know exactly, whenever right um yeah. it'll come out one day i know it's been removed for a while but i know it's got to come out to switch it will yeah. um yeah. and i definitely will play it the second it comes out to switch well at, at least i'll buy it when it gets released for switch and then um, yeah, that's your MO. Yeah, and then I'll just, you know, sadly look at Persona 5 every time it goes on sale and realize that I bought it at a full price when I could have bought it at $30 during all these yeah, sales. Yeah, dude, it's
0: like cheap now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll play that one day. <laughs> uh real quick real question for you like are you are you, do you are you planning on playing it yes i mean
1: I, I i bought it i downloaded it i don't know if this is gonna yeah. be this is probably be a summer game for me um i don't know if, oh sure if for, yeah. you know the listeners don't know J- uh, january and february are the worst months of my of my like professional um uh, year just because it's like a very busy time um so like and it's always like even like when I bought it, it came out at a time when there were these big new games coming out that I wanted to play. So it's like October was yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Which is like yeah. that's when like a lot, a lot of stuff was coming out. So I I love that it's on the Switch, but like being able to play a hundred hour RPG that I really want to get into, um, I want to make yeah. sure I have time for that because the worst is when you play something for fifteen hours and you forget about it, and then you like come back to it like eight months later and you're like, hmm, what's going on?
0: Yeah, no, I think I think Persona Five is one of those that you should. You know, devote that time to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But there you go. So who knows? We'll see. Uh, like I said, people are, are always saying that there's Persona remakes and Persona news incoming. I swear. I promise, please. Because, <laughs> um, I mean, you look at like last year, and uh, Atlas said that they were going to be. Um, Introducing and maybe this was two years ago because I think I was working at Game Rant. So it could have been last year. What I'm trying to say is um, Atlas was saying like we are really excited for the f- coming year because we're like we're going to be introducing and hopefully releasing a uh, new entry in one of our tentpole series and everyone was like Persona 6 oh shit it's Persona 6 or maybe it's a Persona 3 remake who knows uh, and then it was Soul Hackers too um
1: <laughs> which was your, was was surprisingly absent from your top 10 list of of 2022
0: didn't even play it didn't touch it uh, <laughs> i saw i saw the reviews and it was with the sort of thing where it, like you know like i am going want to formulate my own opinions on a game but there are differences, there's like a difference between like someone's opinion swaying my interest in buying a game. And also and someone saying like facts about the game, you know what I mean? And so there was like, apparently this, there are these three dungeons that are like basically the same that like you have to grind if you want to do like the loyalty quests and whatever. Uh, No, thanks. Like like that is like, yeah, yeah, no, thank you. Um, Yeah. So I skipped it was upset, but what can you do? Uh, But yeah, so people are always are always saying this sort of stuff. So who knows? We'll we'll see. Uh, Vampire Survivors, Justin. Um, Poncle is the name of the developer behind Vampire Survivors. And I think I don't know if it's just one guy um, or at at this point or if it's expanded. But uh, Luca Galante um, was interviewed by uh, GamesIndustry.biz and talked a little bit about the mobile ports of the game that have come. And, um, oh, sorry, this wasn't in an interview. This was, um, posted to the steam page for vampire survivors. Um, and they said this soon after the initial success of vampire survivors, I started to look for a business partner to work with on a mobile version of the game. Unfortunately, nobody I spoke with was on board with the monetization I had in mind for the platform, non predatory. Um, so basically, they're saying that they were looking for people, right. And to, to help them with that mobile port, but that everyone wanted to do it in a way that was maybe kind of (laughs) sketchy. Um, and then they also go on to say that, like, they, they tried to rush it out or or, or get this done as soon as they possibly could. the, The mobile port, I mean, because of vampire survivor copies that have been going up. Obviously they didn't invent this genre necessarily. Um, but they are one that like really, really popularized it and made it so huge. Uh, and so they said that, um, A large number of actual clones, not games like Vampire Survivors, but actual one to one copies with stolen code assets, data progression started to appear everywhere. This forced our hand to release uh, the mobile game ASAP and put a lot of stress on the dev team that wasn't supposed to worry about mobile in the first place. Um, So uh, what do you think? What, What does this make you feel? I think it makes me feel a lot of a lot of things.
1: Um, I, so first of all, the game was initially developed by a guy when he was unemployed, kind of by himself with friends helping. And since the success of the game, was able to actually have a bigger company um, got it, to do got it. it. So um, I think that a couple of things. I'm glad that this game has done so well. And I think from the very beginning, this game is something that I think as the year went on, more and more people were talking about it and it was getting bigger mm-hmm. and bigger. Because when did you start playing it last year? That was...
0: Uh, That was right when I started at Game Ranks. So that was February. So February. And this was like right when it started to just balloon and balloon and get bigger and Mm -hmm. bigger.
1: Um, And uh, I mean, we're talking about a $3 Steam game, like like very inexpensive, very affordable. And it still became one of like the biggest games of this year. Um, It it got to a point where he was able to quit his job and actually do this full time uh, because it was such a successful game at a $3 price point. Um, and I think that's great for video games. It's great for consumers to have such a game like this, so affordable, and everywhere you want to play it. Um, I think it's sad that to, mobile gaming is so huge, but in order to have companies want to work with you in the mobile space, you have to use these predatory practices of your free-to-play and how to make people um, you know, keep playing and spend more money on your game rather than just releasing a good, complete game on your device yeah. and then you're good. Um and I think that I, I I applaud this this small team um for at least sticking to their beliefs and morals in in the game and just trying to make sure they get the game out there, um not try to make the most money possible off of it or um uh, you know squeeze everything out of their consumers uh, out of consumers for uh this game. So I think this is great uh that they would do this. Um, I think it's sad that the mobile space is also filled with clones and all this other stuff that essentially forces people's hands to do this stuff because if they didn't do anything, yeah. they would have basically lost out on all this, this profit uh, for the mobile device for mobile devices. So I think that is disappointing with mobile gaming, but you know, again, I think more people need to, or more developers really think about the consumers in this way and not just make predatory practices. So uh, shout out to you. Uh, what's your name? What's his name? Um, uh Luca Galante. Uh Luca Galante or Mr. Punkle uh for for kind of standing up for the for the consumers here. appreciate you.
0: And I really like how this is worded as well. Uh th- this article sort of ends by saying this. If you uh this is a, a quote from that initial Steam blog post. Um if you're like me then you wa- then if you wanted Vampire Survivors on mobile you'd have been happy to just pay a couple of bucks for it and call it a day. But the mobile market doesn't work like that. And by making vampire survivors, a paid app, I'd have cut out completely a lot of new players from even trying the game. This is why we ended up with a free for real approach where monetization is minimal and is designed to never interrupt your game, always to be optional and in your control through a couple of watch ads buttons and doesn't have any of that real money sinks that mobile cash grabs are usually designed around um yeah I, I think this is just one of, like a a rare story about a developer that's like really willing to just say mm, no this isn't what our game is about our game isn't about making tons and tons of cash even though how easy would it be for them to do that
1: very right? easy like, it would be
0: so easy for them to do that um but th- they have not done that and i think that that is um really really good and, and commendable and and i think that this is the sort of thing where like people who are playing vampire survivors i imagine are proud to hear this right yeah, like oh, yeah. and are like happy to hear like oh we uh you know we are supporting this game that's being made by people who genuinely care about this experience and this this game
1: so, uh, so i so i forget if we've ever talked about like specifically mobile games before like have you ever like put a like a shit ton of money into a mobile game
0: um no but I put I put money into free to play games. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. Like, like I think I've probably spent forty to sixty dollars on like Apex, forty to sixty dollars on Fortnite, um, but never like a significant amount of money into any mobile games i don't think i'm sure I've bu- like i bought mobile apps you know what i mean well
1: and, and i think like even like but. putting money into like fortnite is one thing because that those are cosmetic stuff that you're doing i think you get closer to it being a a, a pay a thing with like apex because you're buying characters i'm sure with that money and stuff yeah but like the, the the thing with mobile games and those free-to-play models that really bother me are when they are it, it's like uh, old quarter sucker machines that the games are just really hard not because they want you to, to you know Get over the challenge. They're really hard because they want you to lose, so you spend more quarters on it, like that old yeah. arcade model. Um, my my wife has been playing Candy Crush. Um, I you know I I said my fiance first time, first yeah, go on. Uh, But she's been playing Candy Crush, and like some of those levels are made to be impossible, so you or is really hard. So like you're incentivized to once you use your free lives up to have to like pay for more lives. Like they do that on yeah. purpose. Um, and like, I, I just find that to be such a predatory practice. And while you, you and me are sitting here, um, and even my wife sitting here as like smart consumers when you think about all like the older people who play these games who like just like really get addicted to these and like you know they just are putting this money into it i always like say when i walk around casinos and you see like all these old people sitting around casinos with no emotions on their face just just like hitting the the slot machine and stuff and they're like i mean maybe they're having fun but like i don't know it just feels like they're being preyed
0: upon agreed um it's funny that you mentioned that the only game that i have ever considered like um the only game that i've ever like really considered uh like spending money on in order to let me let me start over by saying like i'm a big fan of blackjack and there's like a lot of blackjack apps on the ios like store but they're so fucking predatory because like basically every single time you open the app you get you know 100 pop-ups being like oh spend this much money you know to buy this many chips and this like these it's fake right like it's not i'm not spending any real money i'm not really gambling in these apps it's all just like i get to play the game and i like the game um but so like you know preying on people who might be suffering from a gambling addiction you know what i mean uh i'm not saying that that's you know, the only people who play these games are people with gambling addictions. I play these games. I don't think I have a gambling addiction. You know what I mean? But I think even introducing that into a a situation like this is really, is really sketchy and, and very sensitive. Right. And then also if you, every time you lose a hand, um, you have like two or three ads that you have to watch and they're like, I don't know, 15 to 30 seconds long. And so you're just sitting there and like, I don't know if I was someone who just like wanted to just like, keep playing and keep playing and keep playing you buy the app so that you don't have to um deal with the ads and then you buy more uh more um uh not coins uh chips right like I don't know it just it, it's sketchy to me and it, and it feels gross and bad and and um I think it's it's one of those things that like app developers need to be careful with and I'm glad to see that Ponkel was able to take a look at that and say, you know what, uh, you know, not specifically about like gambling or anything like that, but it was able to see this sort of like sketchy monetization was able to, to walk away from it and go, you, we're just gonna do free to play, just make it free to play.
1: That sentence you said, I'm glad Ponkel got to look at it, just made me smile. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's, it's a fucking great dev name, <laughs> that Pankle. Um, I I'll be I'd be interested to see what sort of. In, in the next few years, where Vampire Survivors goes and where Luca Galante specifically as the creator um, goes as well, because you look at someone like Concerned Ape. Um, what's that guy's name? Uh, do you know who I'm talking about? No. I- he made Stardew. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, this is going to bother me. Concerned Ape. Eric Barone. Um, you look at him and basically like Stardew Valley was pretty much just him. You know, he's, he talked about having help with porting things and he, he talked about having help, um, you know, with this and that, but like for the most part, that's just him and the guys made a lot of money, but mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like a lot of money, right? Like Stardew Valley is like one of those games that like pretty much if you get a switch, you go, oh, you should play Stardew, you know, um, it is pretty much a for anyone type of game mm-hmm. in my opinion. Yep. Um, and, you know, even on sale, you're still buying that for $10, pretty much, you know. Um, and and before then, I don't think it was, I think it must have been 20 or so. So, like, you know, that's $20 a pop versus $2 a pop. So, I, what I'm trying to say is, like, I'd be curious about the actual, like, economics of Vampire Survivors as a solo dev-ish in a similar way to um, Stardew Valley as a solo dev-ish. Do you know what I'm saying yeah, by that? Yeah,
1: absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and again, it's great that these solo devs can like make these games like that that are so popular and so and so um people love them so much. So uh, the world we live in. Video games are great, aren't they?
0: They are. I don't know. This is like one of those stories that I think though does kind of make me feel good and does yeah. like I mean really it does. I don't know. It's it's like a it's it's like a nice little light of like oh this is nice. Yeah. <laughs> this is nice. Justin, you've been playing anything else?
1: Yeah, um, I am a mid guard sweep away from getting my God of War Platinum.
0: Dude, you've worked for it. I'm I am surprised that you have not. Not to speak to you, but just like if you are if you were having such a bad time with that Platinum, I'm surprised that you've stuck with so it. So it's again,
1: it's not that I'm having a bad time with it per se. I am having mm-hmm. a bad time with that fucking map and. I think, yep. like, to, that's fair. close to ruining the game for me. Um, but I, you know, I, I just, I feel like doing every, I feel like doing everything is just a little bit more than I wanted to do in that game. And I don't think mm-hmm. it's particularly designed well in some of these areas that make it fun to go back and make it fun to, you know, find where your uh the, the last artifact is and, and stuff like that. I know there's, like, walkthroughs and stuff that can do it. But even then, sometimes, like, getting to those places is a pain in the ass to begin with.
0: 100%. Um,
1: But, I mean, like, it it is still a fun game. Um, I'm to the point, remember when I was complaining about those uh, uh, gravestones?
0: the berserker Berserker ones ones. I'm to the point
1: where like the one the the first one I played uh like just destroyed me because it like had the it was like a skull level above me or whatever I've upgraded all my weapons to max I have all my armor that my armor set upgraded to max so it's not hard anymore um to to do so I have I have upgraded myself in order to do this stuff so it's definitely doable and i'm it's just, at this point i got maybe two more hours left and i think i'll be under 50 hours of total play time for the platinum okay so again it's nothing my complaint for it is that i just i do i feel like they're the the I'm seeing more of the flaws in the game when I'm platinum it mm-hmm. instead of like appreciating all the stuff I missed. Um, like, cause I think a good platinum, it's like, oh my God, you get to see all this other stuff in the game that you normally wouldn't do. I think going back to like the first Horizon game, I, when I played Horizon One and I platinum that game, I, Realized about how to actually like hunt the monsters and knock off their parts and like target certain parts. And it taught me how to play that game better because you had to for one of the trophies, like hunt a certain amount of, like knock off a certain amount of parts or whatever it was. Uh, they had those hunting challenges and stuff. And it made me appreciate the game better. This one, I'm not appreciating the game better. You know like what I mean? It's just kind of like.
0: That's so interesting because like. I had the exact opposite feeling with this game but that exact same feeling with with the first one. <laughs> oh, with the first God of War. Yeah, 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 of of like going oh no, like like this was these systems mechanics were fine enough doing just like the main story and whatever, but like when you do go back and like really start to use them and rely on them, you you see the flaws in them. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um I, I th- so so I agree. I, I think that like in the first God of War I think the, the the fact that I like that one better is cause it wasn't as massive of a world um as yeah, the, there's less the the to it. So there's less to it. So there's still like the backtracking and the map issues and the stuff that I'm having now, but it wasn't that much. Like you're done with the game. There's a couple areas that you go to. You fit you, you know, fill out the map, you go in that big the uh, the the water area around the uh what is that called in Midgard, like that big water area.
0: The Lake of the Nine. The
1: Lake of the Nine. And then you like finish that stuff up and then it was like oh, okay, there's some other cool stuff here, but it wasn't too much. But it feels like every single world you're in in this new one, there's like a whole, like not only the crater thing, but all of like the, the desert stuff that you're exploring with the jellyfish or whatever, that there's just these huge mm-hmm. areas that open up that you weren't expecting. It's just kind of like. <sighs> I know what you mean. I do. But I will get that um, platinum if it's the last thing I do.
0: So what what is left? I'm sorry. I just, you said I just,
1: the Midgard stuff. i like I like only had like 16% of that map filled out. Oh, okay, um so okay. I have the Midgard, I have the two more berserkers to do and then the Odin Raven stuff and that'll be done.
0: You've not gotten all the Odin Ravens. Yeah, cuz
1: there's some in Midgard I haven't done yet. So oh, there, there's, oh, like, oh, there's like there's like two more yes. I have to do. So once I once I get those, I'll, I'll be pretty much on the fast track to
0: You want to you want a quick suggestion in terms of the orders in which you should do those things? Sure finish the berserkers because the last berserker that you do is in midgard. Oh. It, well, it, it's in midgard, but then it gets you a um we we like I'm forgetting the word for the like amulet maybe where you like hold L1 and then hit the circle button whatever power that is, you know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah Um it it is a super overpowered one. Not that I imagine you're having a hard time with fights at this point, but it's still fun when especially in midgard because there's a lot of fight Stuff for those the things in there to just click that click that button and then, um, it's cool, it's it, very it cool. It might
1: have made the uh, the uh, Valkyrie Queen a little bit easier for me, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, that that fight still took me like an hour to get through.
0: It was a tough and one, it was it is very tough. Is
1: the Berserker King as hard? I didn't think so, okay. Um, but.
0: To each their own,
1: it, as the uh, as a uh, chat GPT would have told us. Uh some people I say guess. it's harder, but we're not ones to say.
0: <laughs> but some some say it's harder, but some say it's pretty <laughs> easy. Oh, thank you for just not coming up with an answer here. Um yeah, yeah. Uh 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 do that. Because also I think the last berserker though isn't marked on your map.
1: I see where the king the the king site is. Yeah, okay, like so it's, then, it's yeah. it, it is in Midgar and I have one more to do before that, so I'll just I'll just okay, clear good, that good. Up.
0: as long as you know, yeah. And because that, that's the place you guys go where you get the hilt initially with Freya uh, oh okay that makes sense actually then yeah um so you just return there like I said it you're probably doing just fine in combat but it's I got that last and tried it out one time and I'm like oh, oh cool. this is and fun then I, delete, <laughs> then I deleted the game yeah. you know what I mean because it's like I there's just nothing um else for me to use the, I mean there is but like you know at that point I was done um but cool I'm 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 happy for you thank you you, you got, you're playing Pokemon Scarlet as yeah well? I've been playing Pokemon Scarlet um
1: I think I'm really not liking the open world aspect of it, like how they go about it. Um, Because I am at this point, I've been playing for so long overleveled that it's just like all of the gym leaders are, I'm just cutting through them like a hot knife through butter. And like, I, I, I miss the moments when you are going through like a new route and you, you suddenly are hit with all these really strong pokemon that you have to like use them to train up a little bit and do that little bit of grindy stuff yeah. in order to get there. And I understand like how that like grinding's not always fun, but feeling like you have to power up before a gym leader. Is always something that I think is like or you have to like really think about the strategy before a gym leader because they naturally will level you up like you naturally level up pretty consistently with how the game progresses. But I did so many of the late level gyms and I didn't even realize it. So now I'm going through the last three gym leaders I did. I didn't even get hit once. Um, There are two um, mythical creatures that I just destroyed with one hit each. It just is like I don't know. It, it you know part, blame me for going the wrong path but like the game do, the game is open to do that so i think that is disappointing but the more traversal things you get the good stuff the more traversal stuff you get the more fun that open world is to explore and run around mm-hmm. and i really do think pokemon hunting shiny hunting um even the um terrestrialization of your pokemon i think this game does a lot of things that make it fun and and good uh and yeah. i do appreciate the open world I don't appreciate the progression that's why I still think I wish they went back to what they did with sword and shield they just made that open world more explorable in this game yeah and sword and shield as of this moment is still hands down my favorite Pokemon
0: there you go there you go I I totally agree I have been considering touching like picking it up again I don't want to. <laughs> I don't. I don't. Cause that, to me that what you're talking about is my big problem too of like my guys get so overleveled because I'm like exploring yeah. and, like, and like doing stuff um, that it feels a little bit like I'm trying to keep like six ice cubes in the center of a big pool of water. You know what I mean? But they're all just like floating away in the, mo- but like, I can't touch them. I have to like, you know, like use the water to like keep them together. Yeah. Um, it's, it's just like all like drifting apart for me and it, it's kind of a nightmare uh, and that's irritating, you know? Uh, and I agree too, but like the open world, I, I, I just don't like it. I just don't think like it's an interesting open world to explore or like, there's not that much to do in it. You're either just finding items, which is fine. Um, or finding Pokemon, which is good, but I feel like, I don't know, I played for 10, 15 hours or so, and I was just still saying like, Oh, fucking Chansey. Great. Or Oh, fucking yeah, hop I, I, I do have to like, say, like not a problem, but I do you know, have to up? say,
1: I I never was a fan of those, like, caves you'd go through in the old games, and there'd be, like, moving block puzzles and stuff like that. I'm appreciative that my engagement with the world is primarily just, like, moving, finding new Pokemon, getting through an area in any way I want to. I can choose to just go to the next objectives or not. So I like that part of it. Um, But, like, I miss the constant something, like something yes, yeah, some yeah. kind of challenge. And without there being obstacles to push around, without there being Pokemon that are above my level or at my level, uh, there is really just no challenge at this point. And I don't think I'm a pro at Pokemon by any means. Um, and I don't think I like grind and over level on purpose. Like this is
0: all just me playing the game naturally and casually. And the problem too, is that there's no um, you, like, experience share is not, An item anymore, like just on forever. So like, I never used my Fue Coco, even though I wanted to, because it was fucking eight levels above everyone else. Yeah, (laughs) the whole game because because you start with them at five, right, and then the other Pokemon you're catching are level one. So like, yeah, it's just a nightmare. Not nightmare. It's fine. Whatever. Uh, I'm glad that people are enjoying it. I am, uh, I don't know, significantly disappointed. I would say. Um, cause I'm a Pokemon fan have been for a long time since I was a bit of wee lad. Um, and, uh, this is some, uh, I, I wish that they, they didn't have time to, but I wish that they learned some lessons from Arceus where even though I didn't love that game, I think that there are still things that you could have taken away from it and improved upon for a mainline Pokemon release that again, they just didn't have time to because, the games came out eight months apart, you know? Yeah. Um, so, disappointing, but what can you do? What can you do? Justin, I've been playing Crisis, the original. Ooh, why? Um, I, <laughs> <laughs> um, I have lovely, fond memories of Crisis 2 okay. on the Xbox 360. And um, for me, ever since I started working in games, um, it's made like whenever people want... To know, like, oh, hey, you know, like with my siblings, hey, what can I get you for Christmas? I don't want video games anymore because I play yeah, them all. Yeah, you, you get
1: everything <laughs> you want. Like,
0: <laughs> it, You know what I mean? Like, like, I play them all. So, like, there, there's really rarely any games that I would want to put on there um, because I either have played them all or the ones that I didn't play, I didn't want to, you know? Yeah. Um, But I, I saw on the on the PlayStation Store, this was on October, the, the Crisis Remastered Trilogy, and I was like, ooh, that would actually be a lovely game to get. Because I would love to see those. You know, I played the second one. I really liked it. I didn't play the third one, but I imagine that that one's, like, pretty good as well. And then the first game, I never had access to because it was a PC-exclusive game because it was, like, really, really taxing on, you know, like, Crisis used to be the thing that, that like, computers were judged by, yeah, wasn't oh, it? Yeah,
1: they used to be, like, the like, oh, if it can run Crisis, it's a good computer.
0: Right, uh, and I see why because there is so much that is interactable and, and like, the physics systems are really robust and everything like that. Um, but so I've been playing this remaster, and uh, it's not. It, it's an old. It's a. It's in a very. It is an old game. Uh, I don't like it
1: <laughs> because it's an old well, game. Basically, what's the gameplay loop of it? Like, what do you do?
0: Um. So it's a shooter, right? Uh. And and you are given access to these really open-ended levels. Um. Where you you know have certain objectives to to um complete. And the the hook of Crisis is that you are in this. Um, suit this like super suit where you have three different modes. You can um, use your suit to become invisible. You can use your suit to like reinforce your body so you take less damage, um, or you can use it to like traverse, like sprint or like jump super high. Um, and that stuff's really cool, uh, and, and all that's tied to like a meter. So like you got to recharge it. It's like your suit shield essentially. You got to recharge it or or whatever. Um, but it's it's just. The enemies spot you from like a mile away before you could possibly even see them. There's a lot of foliage. It's a beautiful, beautiful like jungle island. But like they see you through the foliage <laughs> and like just like shoot you instantly. Um, it just it, it just doesn't feel very good to control. Um, like this stealth is just very, you know, this probably came out in 2004 maybe if I had to guess. Um so it feels like a game from two thousand and four that really set this you know s- was super impressive technically and and visually and and all sorts of things uh and I'm sure in two thousand and four had a level of interactive uh, uh, like, two thousand seven you know, in- i think two thousand and seven yeah wow um <laughs> you know, a level of like interactability with the world that you might not have seen before um but now it just it just isn't it's just not very good yeah <laughs> now it's not a very good shooter now um it's not a very good stealth game now. Obviously, I'm not trying to talk shit on it like, for what it was and what it helped gaming become, but it is one of those things where just like, um, as a piece of history, this is neat, but not really something that I think is is like good. Worth yeah. revisiting. Yeah. So what are you playing it? Yeah. What are you playing it on again? PS4. PS- or PS5. PS4.
1: Okay, cool, 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 cool.
0: Yeah. Um It's stunning. I mean, and it's a remaster. This is like I'm playing the remastered version yeah. as well. Yeah. So it looks. Just, like, drop-dead gorgeous. Uh, I'm really excited to play the second and the third one because um, this th- that is when, like, I think the second one came out in 2011 or maybe 2012. Um, so, like, that is when it really started to take everything in stride and, like, go, oh, we're a shooter. We're going to make this a shooter. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like a shooter stealth game. Um, like a Far Cry. W- yeah, well, Far Cry, Cry Sis, both originated on the Cry engine. What? Um. So the Cry Engine is what was made to like make like super realistic games. Oh, that's cool. And like water simulation and stuff. And so, um, Crisis is spelled C R Y S because which of the I Cry Engine. Is not how you spell. Yeah. Well,
1: no, because they're just being badass. Because they're like, we're gonna we're gonna, we're gonna misspell things because it's cool. That was remember remember that vibe in 27? Do you remember that?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then Far Cry, yeah, the original um also made on the cry engine and that's why cries and oh
1: because that came out in 2004 i think 2003 2004 yep. okay
0: 2004 okay cool um yeah so so it's one of those things where because like if you th- if you look at like stills of far cry one and crisis one like you go oh i get it they <laughs> built this you know tropical island uh uh engine essentially uh where you can you know cut you know cut trees down with your guns and stuff and then you know the trees all fall over and like the destruction is is like there and whatever um but you know covered like explodes and whatever um but there you know there are different games but um i've never played have you ever played the original crisis and a far cry i mean
1: uh not the original i've played far cry two instincts or something like that um but i haven't played the original far cry because that again probably is like old old game but i know it's like that island the open kind of do whatever on it yeah
0: yeah kind of sandbox ish like it's like an early sandbox you know what i mean yeah but i actually think um,
1: the original far cry is downloaded on my no that's far cry three that's the one with voss right yeah. yeah, that that one's downloaded on my on my PS4 right now, five right now. But
0: it's a good ass game.
1: Ass game.
0: Agreed. Hey, thanks so much for listening, everyone. We truly appreciate it. We do. We say it all the time, uh, but we do mean it. It's the year 2023. Anything could happen. I can't wait to see what happens with hitbox in 2023. Who knows? Uh, maybe we're going to get that movie deal with Scorsese. I can't we've been wait. About. I can't wait for that.
1: Um, or maybe we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll be hitboxes. We'll have multiple hitboxes that everywhere you go Whoa, i know i know yeah
0: yeah um but either way we appreciate you um if you are interested go ahead and hop on over to patreon.com slash hitbox pod become a one dollar podcast producer or a three dollar deluxe podcast producer just like jay noll just like dave parker get those bonus episodes if not all good you know where to find us twitter hitbox pod discord server link description you know the drill you've been listening for 126 episodes or so i assume Um, Justin am I missing anything here At the end of our first episode of 2023
1: Yeah uh, news happened
0: News finally my news That was my Jerry Jerry Seinfeld impression Hey thanks so much for listening We will catch you next week as I've been uh, Just doing my due diligence In the relearning this week Always remember old (laughs) games Are old Bye. Bye. Bye
1: Stop recording. (laughs)